welcome on my next guest. We've got a very special guest. We've got one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game of football. Raiders legend, Heisman Trophy winner, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mr. Tim Brown. Tim, is everything going for you? Hey, good, man. How are you, Zach? I'm doing well. Doing well. I can't complain. Got the draft coming up. I'm excited about that. Free agency's in the mix. What have been your thoughts on the offseason so far? Yeah, you know, I'm obviously I'm following the Raiders a little bit, man. And um, so far, you know, I mean, not not too bad. You know, got a couple of defensive players in there and brought in John Brown from uh, from uh, from Buffalo. I don't know if we need more speed, but uh, need some. Uh, but I know they're they're really high on Edwards, who got hurt last year, missed the majority of the year, and uh, thinking that he could really you know help him out along, uh, obviously with uh, the number one draft pick last year. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Looking forward to the draft and see what happens there. I saw you guys also got uh, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe from, from Maryland. Who's oh, the, man, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems we had last year, well, the last couple of years, really, is not being able to get to the, to the quarterback. And Crosby, a couple of years ago, had a really good year. I think he sort of surprised a lot of people. Yeah. But last year, they had his numbers, it seemed like. So, uh, but, um, no, I mean, having, having this guy, man, is just going to be – you know, a real threat coming off the off the off the side. I mean, that's that's got to make a you know a couple of plays a different game in the game. You know, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. In hindsight, do you think they regret trading Khalil Mack? I, I don't think so. I, I think I always think the team that that gives up the draft picks is, is the one that uh, that loses on those deals. You know, I think Khalil has played good football with Chicago, but I don't think he has been, he would been the dominant factor he was when he was with the Raiders. Um, so, you know, you know, it's funny thing that happens when, when people get that money, right? Yeah. I mean, either they keep going here or some of them level off a little bit. And, uh, you know, Khalil is playing at a high level for sure. But uh, for three, for three players, and you know, I, I don't think any player in the league is worth three players, you know? No. And then I wanted to ask you, so was Darren Waller's had a fantastic year. I think I saw that he get your record in single season. He did. He he passed the reception record. Yes, not the yardage, obviously, but uh, he did get the reception record. Did you did you ever see this from his game? Did you expect this when he signed with the team, or has he outperformed all your expectations? Oh well, no, you knew nothing about him, right? I mean, it was a kid who looked athletic, but uh, you didn't know he was a real football player for sure. And um, you know, but one conversation with Gruden. And you would have you would have known that this kid who nobody has seen on the football field is about to tear the NFL up, and um, he was certainly right about that. And then I wanted to ask you. So they also brought in uh, Kenyon Drake to yeah. maybe kind of a dual backfield with Josh Jacobs. What was your thought on that signing? Uh, look, I mean, when you look at the the last couple of games of the year, uh, they they had Josh Jacobs in some passing situations, uh, receiving situations, and he just didn't. It didn't go well, you know, real, real easy balls to catch. He just wasn't making those catches. And the one thing you know about Kenyon Drake, he is a great route runner out the backfield, you know? And uh, so I see him like the Charlie Garner of the day back, uh, back when we were playing, you know, a guy, you know, is going to make, make a great move. And you know, when a ball gets close, he's going to make the catch. Yeah. And then my one last uh, current Raiders question for you is, is Derek Carr the guy, or do you think they're still looking? Uh, you know, I mean, Derek has to be the guy, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's played solid football uh, for 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 the Raiders. You know, I, I think that there's room for uh, for uh, Mar Mariota to get a couple plays a game or whatever in special situations. I think he showed uh, in the one game he played last year that he has 
some dynamic abilities about himself. I mean, maybe some things they don't want to do with Carr, they can certainly do with him. And, um, and you got to be careful with that because you never want to get a quarterback out of rhythm and all that. So, uh, But I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Gruden, the fact that he was able to talk Mariota into staying yeah. when he could have very easily let this contract expire, whatever, and put the Raiders in a tough spot, yeah. I, I think is uh, leads me to believe that, you know, he must have told him, I got I got five plays a game for you, 10 plays a game for you or something, you know. When are they going to unleash Peterman? I've been waiting two years. Who's that? Nathan Peterman. When are they going to unleash him? We've, we've oh, waited two years. Yeah. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's hope that don't have that doesn't happen anytime soon. <laughs> if he can fix Peterman, the league the league's on notice. Right, right, right. And I want, so I want to ask you a little bit about your career, a little bit. Um, how did you end up at Notre Dame? Ah, uh, man, look, um, you know my parents, man, during that time, uh, eighty three. Uh, they were looking for a school that was talking education and not football. I mean, they didn't never in anybody's dreams that they think that I would have a chance to play in the NFL. Um, my parents really didn't come to see a lot of my football games, so they really didn't know what kind of football player I was. Um, so the whole thing was, you know, there's no future in football. You got to go to a school with the best education. And during that time also, the Southwest Conference, man, you know, they were slinging that money around, bro. You know, they were doing a lot of stuff. And credit to my parents, man, they they just weren't going for it. They, The more people talked about that stuff, the more they wanted to shine them away. So it really came down to Notre Dame uh, and, and Iowa, really, because they were the only two. Uh, at that time, Iowa, you know, they had Ch Chuck Long, the quarterback, and a couple other receivers from Dallas. Um, so I went to visit there. But um, – but really, it, you know, I said between Iowa and, and Notre Dame, but really it was Notre Dame or Notre Dame at that particular point, too. And I saw I saw some old article you told a story. Apparently, uh, Lou Holtz wasn't that good at punt returning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of those hilarious stories, man. I was having a bad day catching punts, and he was very frustrated because he, he was trying to do a punt return right in the middle of practice. And, you know, and I was holding up practice, so... So he got mad. I dropped two. He got mad, and he talking and cursing and talking and cursing. Let me get back here and show you how to. And I was standing, you know, five or ten, five yards away from him, and you hear close, uh, clear as day that his finger break. Just tried to catch the ball, and like pop. He just so uh, we tried not to laugh, but once they got him off the field, I I can't tell you that we didn't laugh. That's for sure. It's unbelievable. Um, was there an adjustment period for you until you kind of just getting into the college game, or was it pretty easy for you? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a big adjustment, man. You know, my high school football team, my three years on varsity, we were four twenty-five and one. My three years on varsity, so um, you know, playing big-time football was not something that I was accustomed to. Had a hard time adjusting early in my my freshman year, but after that, you know, I got comfortable with the game and know, know what I can do, and uh, was happy with the way things were going going into my junior year. And they fired uh, Jerry Fouts and brought in uh, Lou Holtz, man. And things just changed, man. He he looked at me differently as a, as a you know somebody that could be a game breaker. And and um, I knew I had the ability to make make people miss. And I was faster than most people I played against. But uh, some of the things he was saying was sort of hard to digest because it was on a totally different level.
And so that 87 season, did you, you know, you obviously you're having a great year. When, when did the possibility of a, a wide receiver winning the Heisman trophy actually come into fruition? Yeah, I, I don't, I think, you know, my second game, we played Michigan state and I, I have the two punt returns back to back. And at that time, yeah, everybody pretty much said, you know, well, I'm the front runner at that point. Uh, and I pretty much played pretty solid the rest of the year. No one after that game, nobody would kick me the ball anymore. So it was hard to return punts or kicks. Uh, but I guess because I affected the defenses so much and, and special teams, you know, because I only had like seven touchdowns that year. I think I only had uh, 40 some touch, uh, 40 some uh, receptions or something like that. Maybe even a, not that much. So uh, so it, it was tough, right? It was it was tough. You know, I, I didn't think that it was possible, to be honest with you. But when you look at all the other guys around the, the, the country, nobody was really doing extremely well except um, uh, my, my guy out of uh, Syracuse. Uh, dang, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The quarterback for Syracuse, uh, Donnie. Donnie McPherson. Oh, McPherson. I was saying McNabb. And um, so... Donnie really played well the last two or three games of the year. And uh, everybody thought, I think they went 12 and one, 11 and one or something like that. And everybody thought that he deserved the, uh, the Heisman. So, uh, but you know, it, it went the way it did. It went the way it did. And I'm glad it did. What did you, going into the ceremony, did you think like, I got it. Or was there still some doubt in your mind? Well, you know, you try not to think, think like that. You know, I think one of the things that uh, I never forget, one of my, my Notre Dame teammates came up to me and said, man, look, think about it this way. You're going to win it because it, everybody has to vote you at least second place. Yeah. I mean, if somebody votes you third place and they shouldn't be voting. So Donnie may win on, on, in the, in the, in the East. Um, you get a uh, gas and green may win on, on the West but you're going to be second. You're going to be second over here. But these guys are going to be third and fourth and all this stuff. So you're going to win it on second place votes alone. I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. That really makes a lot of sense. But uh, uh, but I, I tried to shake all that out, man, and just be in the moment. And uh, I think it all worked out for me. Was it heavier than you thought it would be when you picked it up? It really was. It really was, yeah. <laughs> 37 pounds, man. So. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, it's you – uh, Desmond Howard and Devontae Smith, the only receivers ever win it. Yeah, well, Johnny Rogers loves to be in that that mix because he played receiver. I mean, he was a wishbone, whatever, whatever. So, so please mention him. Otherwise, I'll hear from him some kind of way. <laughs> what do you think of Devontae Smith? I know he won uh, the Bolton-Letnikoff Award. I know you, you uh, Fred, coached you. What, what do you think of his yeah. game? I, I mean, I think it's fantastic. You know, I mean, he doesn't look like he's putting a lot of effort into what he's doing, you know. I mean, he's so much talented than everybody else. It just seems as if he's gliding by people when he, uh, when he's doing what he's doing on the field. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, you know, to see at that size, that weight, if how he can handle the NFL game, especially now that they're going to 17 games, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more extra week to uh, to bang around out there, um, you know. But everybody thinks he's going to be, get a little bigger and put on a little weight and get a little stronger. I think if he does that, man, you know, this kid has a chance. Even if he loses a half a step, I think it, he'll still be fast enough to make uh, to make uh, make some great plays in the league. What, what do you think about that with him adding the 17th game? Um, look, man, you know, when you're making the kind of money that they're making, man, you really can't complain about it. You know what I mean? I mean, 
they're, they're, you know, I know guys who will give their left leg to be able to play a season, yeah. you know, and make $18 million in, in one year. You know, yeah. a lot of guys that make that, you know, playing in, in 10 years or 12 years of, uh, in NFL. Yeah. So um, I, I just, I just think, you know, it is what the, what it is. I mean, you're getting paid a lot of money. Not a league is going to add an extra game. You just got to deal with it, man. That, that's how I see it. And, um, you know, if I was in year 15, I probably see it a little different. Right. But yeah. Uh, sitting where I'm sitting now, I think it's one of those things they're just going to have to deal with. It's nothing they can do to change it anyway. And before I forget, so I, I know the other day you had a did pretty well at golf. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. At the, one of the more more iconic uh, uh, part threes in the world, uh, the TPC of Sawgrass, number 17, the island hole, uh, better known to most people as the water hole. Um, I had a hole in one, brother. I mean, it was Fantastic. It was unbelievable, really. I mean, uh, thankfully, thankfully, my caddy talked me off of that nine iron and I hit that pitching wedge about as pure as I can hit it. And, uh, you know, I couldn't really see it because I'm 140 yards away, but I knew that it was getting closer. And all of a sudden I saw it disappear and I just lost my mind. Yep. Go. 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 Yes. All right, good. Good. You got to put it right. I see it up there. You got the bus. Right, the exactly. Put it right there. Put it right up there. Exactly. <laughs> and so I have a question. So what was your draft process like? You know, the Raiders were looking at you? Uh, well, you know, at that that year, the Atlanta Falcons had the first pick. And, of course, if you're going to be the first pick in the draft, you know, a lot of prestige goes along with that. So I was willing to go to Atlanta. But very, very early in the process, they said that they were going to take uh, Andre Bruce out of uh, out of Auburn defensive end so at that particular point we got to looking at you know two three four you know the next five or six teams it was detroit uh kansas city tampa bay and and uh, cincinnati and then the raiders and when you look at those four teams in between they all needed a savior man they needed somebody who can come in and do this i was in the wishbone my last year at notre dame we literally ran the wishbone because tony rice was our quarterback and um, so trying to go from that to being a starting receiver in NFL, I thought would have been a little much. So I, I, I honestly told that to my agent and told him I need to get to a team that, you know, I don't have to play day one. And uh, I told him retur returning punts and kicks, I can do that, you know, with my eyes closed. But playing this receiver position, I'm going to have to learn some things. So, uh, man, I, I don't know what my agent told those four teams, but I think he may have told them that um, – I had a relative to die in the city and I would be, you know, I don't know what he told him, but uh, some kind of way he got all four of those teams to pass and uh, going to the Raiders was a perfect, perfect scenario for me. James Lofton was there. Mervyn Fernandez was there. They brought in Willie Galt uh, in my, they traded for Willie Galt on trade day on, uh, on draft day and brought him in also. So, you know, I came in as a fourth receiver, you know, guy returning punts and kicks, man, and uh, got a chance to learn, from those three guys and, and, and grow my game. Was Fred Bolitnikov your receiver coach your whole career? 
No, he came in after, um, uh, I'm trying to figure out, uh, I had him for 15 years, so I guess he came my second year, and I got hurt that year, so that's why I'm, I'm trying to remember if he was if he was a coach, but uh, certainly the next 14 years I had him. I've, I, I've had him on. He's awesome. I was going to ask if he ever tried to get you to stick him, or you said I'm not, I'm not doing it. No, we joke with him so much about that. He used to get mad. As a, I, I can catch a ball without stick him. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> prove it. I said to him, I said, they didn't give you a sponsorship? You use it more than anybody else. Right, right, yeah. right. That's unbelievable. Um, was there an adjustment process getting into the league, or was it, you said you got Willie Galt, you got you got um, James Lofton. Was it pretty easy for you to kind of get, get settled? Well, it, was, it wasn't, you know, I you know the first time I touched the ball in the league, right, I returned a kick for a touchdown. So um, so I got that out the right way. Nobody could say I, I never returned a kick before because I had done it the first play I ever touched the ball. Um so learning the receiver position, man, you know, it took some time. I mean, uh, what I thought I knew and what Lofton and those guys were showing me was something I had no clue about. So, um, but thankfully, you know, I had a couple of years with uh, James uh, before they let him go. And I had another year or so with Mervin Fernandez before they let him go. And then me and Gault started for a couple of years before uh, they let him go. So uh, that time, man, just made me the best receiver I could be. And now I have to put my own little spin on it and go do my thing, you know. Did you ever beat Willie in a race? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, Willie Gold was so fast. He reminded you of that cartoon ter- uh, character when they when they're running this, they're, they're running so fast and yeah. just, the feet are just moving like that. Yeah, he's unbelievable. The question: What was that rivalry with the Raiders? With the um, not with the Raiders, but the Broncos, like? Uh, you know, man, during that time, it was it was pretty intense, no doubt about it. You know, with John Elway and. And uh, everything that he was doing with the team, um, you know, at the quarterback position, you know, you always felt like if you can beat John Elway, you got a chance of beating anybody in the league. I mean, that's how much respect we had for him. Even when they had bad teams, he was still capable of picking you apart and winning games. So, um, but, um, you know, it was always a pretty pretty good rivalry, no doubt. Um, who, who is the toughest corner for you to match up with? Uh, you know, going up against uh, Dale Carter and, and James Hasty twice a year, man, and us knowing each other so well, knowing our moves, knowing uh, how they were going to jam me, they knew what I was going to do. Uh, it was it was hard work, man. It was tough. You know, everybody else, Aeneas, I only got once every four or five years. I mean, I think I only played against him maybe twice. Uh, got Dion a couple times, but Dion would never cover me. He, uh, he would always cover the fast guys. And leave me, uh, they would double cover me. Um, so, you know, um, those two guys are the guys who I, uh, if if I struggled against anybody, it was those two guys. What kind of numbers do you think you'd put up if you were playing in the league today? Well, I got a, a text from, from Gruden. Um, <laughs> I got a text from him towards the end of the year uh, when everybody was talking about, um, uh, Walla breaking my, my record. Uh, he just texted me and said, man, if you were playing today, you would put up 200 catches and 2,000 yards. <laughs> so I, I took that to admit that he thought I could play in, in today's game and do well. What's your favorite uh, Gruden story? Uh, let's see. Man, there's so many of them. Uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, 
when he first got to the Raiders, uh, we had a long conversation, man. And, um, and, you know, he asked me, you know, I've been looking at your film. Why do they, why, why, why don't you score touchdowns in the red zone? I said, well, that was basically an unwritten rule that I didn't catch passes once we got past the 20. And he's looking at me like, dude, what are you talking about? I said, well, I mean, you saw the film, so I'm not lying to you. And um, I said, well, you know, scoring touchdowns mean you get more attention, become superstars, you got to pay you more money. So they just didn't throw me the ball when I got inside the 20. But you look at all my touchdowns, they were all outside of 20, 20 yards. So he said, well, I'm going to throw you the ball in the red zone. I said, you're going to get fired if you throw me the ball in the red zone. He said, "Well, they're gonna if they fire me, fire me for that. They're gonna fire me anyway. So, uh, if 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 he gonna you know fire me after two years, then let him fire me. So, so if you look at my touchdowns, man, when Gruden got there, I had 40, 43, 44. I can't remember, but and that was after ten years. Um, in the four years I had with him, I put up 45, 46 touchdowns, and that put me on play on pace to get to." 100 touchdowns, which is that, you know, that mark you want to get to if you really want to say that you're a Hall of Fame receiver. So um, so if not for him, man, you know, really literally sticking his neck out, you know, trying to help the team, you know, uh, but he didn't have to do it. He could have very well did what all the other coaches did and just don't throw me the ball. But uh, by him doing that, I think it put, uh, put me in a position where I could, you know, possibly make the Hall of Fame. Question: Did you have a feeling he was going to leave the booth a couple of years ago, or did you think he'd always be back at ESPN? Uh, I had spoken with him several times. I tried to get him to go and take the Notre Dame job. Really? Uh, before Kelly, uh, before they brought Kelly in years ago, um, and he told me, uh, "Man, I can't. If I go to a kid's house and they tell me they don't want to come play for me, that would crush me." <laughs> so, uh, but he he always told me that there are a couple of things he can't change about the NFL. He can't change the referees and he can't change the media. And because of those two things, it would be tough for him to, to go back. And um, so, so I was shocked. I was really shocked to see he went back to the Raiders. I mean, I had no clue. I mean, and we talked, you know, not a lot, but enough that, you know, he really kept that uh, secret, but um you know, I, I was really shocked to see him back in silver and black. No yeah. doubt about it. Do you think he wishes Mahomes was in another division? I, I don't. I think he loves the challenge, really? man. I think he loves the challenge, you know. I mean, the fact that they went to Kansas City and sit and beat him, yeah. really should have beat him in, in, in Vegas this year. Uh, I think he loves that challenge. I think I think he's calling his best football games against Kansas City. He did last year anyway. Uh, so, uh, I, no, I, I don't think that. I think, you know, I mean – you know, we like I said, we played against John Elway, bro. You know, when, when you have when you go up against the best and you beat the best, yeah. then you know you you ready ready for the rest of the league. Uh, I have a question from a, from a Raiders fan. Are, are you are you at all involved with the, with the Raiders um, much now, or, or, or how? Or not really. No, not not doing anything, man. I mean, you know, we all talk about doing some, and I think we were close to getting something done right before they moved to Vegas. Uh, but then once it was confirmed that this, you know, stadium was going to be done, all that, and they were moving, you had a lot of guys, you know, to reach out to the Raiders and say, Hey, you know, I don't want to be in town, but I can come in and do this and I can do this and I can do that. 
And I think Mark just got to the point where he didn't want to pick one guy over, over the other and basically just said, if you want to work here, you got to be here full time. Yeah. And that, that just cut it out for me because I'm, I've, I've had my time away and I'm not going to be away unless I absolutely have to. Um, but uh, so we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, they know I, I, I'm there and whatever I can do, I'll do. Have you been able to check out the new stadium yet? Well, I haven't been able to get in, man. I saw really? it you know, before it was completed. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let anybody in last year, wow. not anybody. That's unbelievable. What, did you see that um, documentary that ESPN did with the computer-generated Al Davis and Pete Rizzo? That was, that was freaky, bro. <laughs> that was, that an was just a little freaky. <laughs> they, mean, they, never, they never reached out to you to maybe get you to do an interview for any, on that or no? They nobody contacted you? No, no. Um, no. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't on it, right? I, no. mean, I didn't see the whole thing. It was bizarre. But, uh, no, you know, <laughs> look um, – it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to even explain it, but it is what it is, you know. I mean, the fact of the matter is I played more games and with him than anybody in the history of, of the Raiders. So nobody could ever change that. And uh, a couple of folks there may want to change it for some reason, but it won't ever be changed. And then I wanted to ask you, um, why, why do you think it took so long for you to get into the hall? I thought it was going to be a no-brainer. Well, I, I, I did too. I mean, uh, but, you know, the fact that I came out and retired the same year that Jerry Rice retired didn't help, right? Because, you know, they wanted, you know, obviously with everything he had done done in the league, having another receiver go in wasn't cool. At the same time, you had Chris Carter out there. You had Andre Reid out there. Yeah. And, you know, so were they going to put me in over those guys? When they had been out before, uh, been waiting longer, uh, obviously not, right? But so uh, I, I think the only thing that really sort of ticked us off was after Jerry went in, they didn't put Chris in until 2013. You know, so they let a couple of years go without putting one of us in and everybody's saying that we should be in, you know, we, you know, so I think that that's the only thing that sort of, you know, leaves a little burnt taste in everybody's mouth is that, you know, if you're going to let Jerry be Jerry, that's fine. We get it. But that was 2010, 11 and 12, you know, guys should have been in, you know. But um, so, again, that's the only thing that I think uh, sort of, you know, if I think about it would make me have a little twitchy face for a minute. But um, other than that, you know, once you get in, man, you don't remember the wait. It's amazing how you don't remember how long it was. You're just happy that you're there. Who do you think is the next Raider to get that uh, get the gold jacket? Um, well, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be Cliff Branch. I mean, I think uh, obviously that's long overdue. Uh, I think Drew Pearson getting getting in really helps helps him uh, get get in. So um, I'm hoping that uh, he's going to be the next guy. After that, man, you know, maybe a Steve Wisniewski. You know, I think he has a good shot. Um, you know, I don't know about Tatum and, and Atkinson. I don't know how those guys stack as far as, but I know, you know, Tatum certainly it would be awesome to see him get in. What about Jim Plunkett? Yeah, yeah, Plunkett. I forgot all about Plunkett. Yeah, Plunkett would be awesome too, man, you know. Uh, and, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a good possibility that that may happen, you know. I think uh, – you know, with uh, with Flores going in, you know, and, and they can get Cliff in. I think uh, Plunkett may be the next one in line. 
What, what about in terms of receiver? I know Calvin's getting in this year. Do you, you like, who do you think is next up? Cause I know, I know, um, I'm not sure. Reggie Wayne's up. I know Steve Smith's up next year. Tory Holt's been waiting. Yeah, I, I would love to see them get Tory in. Go ahead and get those guys in, man. Because the problem is, I mean, I remember telling my family, uh, my brother and sisters and mom, uh, if I don't get in this year, uh, we may not be talking about this for a while. Because <laughs> you know, there was you know the the mosses of the world were coming, the tos of the worlds were coming in, and and uh, so just being realistic with yourself, you know, you, you got to understand, you know, what, what's out there and what's what the possibilities are. So, um, you know, I, I, I still believe that the wide receiver position seems to be the toughest position for yeah. uh, these voters to uh, to get to get right right up off the off the off the bat. Uh, but um, so, I, you know, you hate to see guys out there. You know, they told told me one time. Well, what they tell you is uh, once you make the top 15, then you're good because you rarely go from the top 15 out of the top 15, right? Well, you know, I mean, looking at my boy, uh, 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 Brian Young, you know, they did him like that. He made the top 15 last year. This year, he didn't make the top 15. So, you know, it's all these, you know, little sayings out there, but they don't seem to mean anything. And so I'm in the D.C. area, and I wanted to ask you if you've gotten the chance to maybe look at watch some of Terry McLaurin's game and see, kind of get your take on it. Yeah, you know, uh, Randy uh, Jordan, who's a coach there, um, with the coach of running backs there, uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, certain players that you, that they have on the team, and he was one of the guys that name came up. And I got a chance to watch him this year. You know, I mean, obviously they had a little erratic offense, so it made it pretty tough to really get a good read on him. But he seems to be a playmaker, right? I mean, a guy, when he gets a ball in his hands, you know, he can certainly make things happen, man. So now I think he had to get himself in more consistent positions to make plays. And obviously, you got to have a quarterback in place to do that. Uh, I think they brought they brought in Fitzy, right? Yes, sir. Old man Fitz. <laughs> so uh, slinging that thing around the NFL, I ain't mad at him. He's making that money. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you think they're going to draft the quarterback? They probably need to draft the quarterback. I mean, they got they're picking at nineteen. Apparently, they say they think four going to the top ten. So I don't know if you're reach at nineteen, but they already had the RG three thing that happened nine years ago, and they're, I don't yeah. think they're doing that yeah. again. So, and then uh, they also brought in Curtis Samuel. Have you taken a look at him at all, or not? Not too much. Uh, that's a kid from San Fran. No, he. Uh, that's Debo. Uh, Curtis, he, he Ohio State. He was kind of like the running back and right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, those kind of guys, man, who have the ability to run with the ball, yeah. I just think they're special, you know, especially in today's football because everything is so spread out. I mean, you catch a ball, hit a hole, man, it, it could be it could be off to the races. So, you know, those kind of guys are, are, are can be great for, for an offense. Yeah. And as I wanted to ask you, what was it like when you finally did get that call from Kent? Did, they, did David Baker knock on your door? What was that like? He did. He did. I was on my way to the bathroom and I told my son to get <laughs> come, come get the door. And all I hear was dad, and uh, and I peek around and I see this monstrous man standing in the door. And first of all, I was like, well, they told me they were gonna call, not come to the door. So I thought he was coming to tell me, hey man, you know. But then I saw all these cameras around and I was like, he better not be here to tell me no with all these cameras around. So, uh, so he starts with his long soliloquy about how great the Hall of Fame is and all that. And uh, at that point, you, you can barely control yourself, you know.
that the biggest human being you've ever seen in your entire life? It's the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. Without <laughs> when they say you're Without too that. big to play football, you're too big to play right, football. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that that's really all the questions I really have for you. Um, how can people find you on social media and keep up with you and just kind of see everything you're doing? Uh, and Twitter, I'm 81 Tim Brown, and Facebook, I'm Tim Brown 81 Cool, cool, cool. Any more holes in one coming soon? Or, man, I'm going to Pebble Beach soon, man. Let's see if we can get it down there. <laughs>